0: Welcome to Reach for the Pod, the Indiana Daily Students IU football podcast. Today, we're going to be previewing Indiana's week five matchup with the Penn State Nittany Lions, the fourth ranked Penn State Nittany Lions in State College, Pennsylvania, Beaver Stadium, uh, Saturday Night Football, 730 ABC, Penn State, uh, pretty heavy favorite. Obviously, last season, though, different story. Indiana pulls the upset and uh, pandemonium ensues. This season, though, uh, could be... A different story. We'll, we'll see, though. we got got a lot to talk about. Uh, joining us later in the show, we'll have Seth Engel from the Daily Collegian at Penn State University, a friend of mine who covers the Nittany Lions for their student paper. But joining us here in the first half of the show, he's a sports editor here at the IDS. His name is Tristan Jackson. Tristan, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's good to be back here talking some IU football. And <laughs> this week, uh, in the forefront of our minds, I think, when we think about Indiana and Penn State... Obviously all time, Indiana has only beaten them twice, two times ever, once in 2011 and uh, well, once last season. So last season's game though, the last time we saw these two teams play, the opening game, the Big Ten resumes its season much later than they originally planned uh, and Indiana pulls off the stunning upset, Michael Penix Jr. dives to the pylon and really the season just keeps going from there, Uh, it was an upward trajectory and. I mean, we, we said it all the time. We've said it all since that was the moment that this program really had its, that was its moment. That was the time that Indiana football became, uh, what for so many years, Tom Allen had said this program could be, that was the realization of it. And and looking at it one year later, uh, it, it feels like a lot of that holds true despite the two and two start. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that win really set the tone. Uh, Pennix doesn't
1: get that two point conversion. I don't know if they go six and two. I don't uh, think they do. <laughs> yeah that, that, I mean for like the fans the the team like it just seemed like that was really the energizer it needed and you know uh going into that game you know there was a lot of excitement it's like being a fan like I was really excited to uh see what IU football could do but uh-huh. I, I mean they they like that that game really blew blew my expectations out of the water uh, getting started against Penn State. That wasn't uh, one I was particularly optimistic for uh,
0: going into, I would say. Yeah, uh, and it's it was hard to be. Penn State was a top-ten team, and Indiana was unranked. And although it was at home, I picked Indiana to win that game. I don't think that's something I'm doing this season. Uh, I picked Indiana to win that game. You know, Penn State did have some issues. They, they lost, in my mind, their three best players, Journey Brown, Micah Parsons, and... KJ Hamler, those guys weren't on the team anymore, and Indiana was at home and brought back everybody. So, uh, definitely the last year's game. It's it, it is hard to underestimate. You can't under understate or overstate. I always get confused with those two words. Anyway, it means a lot. Is what I'm trying to say. Is that that game? It, it is in my mind the biggest Indiana football win of all time. And I know that sounds like a pretty you know big statement, and, and recency might tell us you know maybe not. But in the moment and in the season of 2020, it really felt like it didn't get any bigger than that. I mean, mean, that stage, opening the season, first game of the year, it was the biggest, it was probably the best game of the season, just on a national level. That was Indiana winning a game, and a game that they lost so many times before. A close one against a top 10 team in their place goes down to the wire, and there are so many times that they've blown it, and last year they didn't for the first time ever. Yeah and uh I remember after the game
1: uh Tom Allen talked about like his decision to go for that two point conversion. He said uh, uh I'm tired of being close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was like I think that sentiment reigns true for Indiana football as a whole. Yes. Like obviously that game like big win, you want to go for it, but like I-, I feel like that was really the ener- like the the energizer that like really fueled people's like true belief in this like program i think the i think the excitement was there like tom allen you know easy guy to get behind i mean how could you not love tom allen but like when it comes to like true belief in a team i feel like that's the kind of win you needed uh-huh. and like the like like i, I yeah I, it's hard to not like draw a parallel between like just that game and like the program as a whole
0: and it, it really did feel like the the amalgamation of, of everything it had been building up to you know they, they went eight and four a season before. They didn't beat a team with a winning record, but they still won eight games, and that was good. But they didn't have that program win, that statement win, the, the game that you know fans can look back on years later and be like, that was the game when we knew things were changing. That was the time uh, when everything came into effect, when his plan is Elio you know, building this program the way he wanted to build it and the way he had built it for three years prior, the way it all, it all accumulated in that game. And while it wasn't a pretty win – at the same time, I don't think it's going to get any better than that. that, that that's one of the best wins, I think for, for the program ever. And it, 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 you can't talk about this team in the last you know year without bringing that game up first. and it really did change the trajectory of the program. But looking at Penn State, the trajectory of their program has been an absolute roller coaster since October twenty fourth, 2020. Uh, the team starts O5 for the first time in program history last year, but they finished four and five winning their last four games of the season. Uh, Sean Clifford was benched midseason for Will Levis. You know, they kind of bounced back and forth as a starter. Uh, but yeah, Penn State kind of got hot late. Uh, still didn't finish with a winning record, which is, you know, certainly below the standard there. And as a team who's only lost to Indiana twice ever, I said 2011 earlier, I believe the year was actually 2013. 2013 and 2020, uh, they certainly expect to beat Indiana. And in their place, they've never lost to Indiana once. Uh, it's going to be a tall task for Indiana going on the road against a Penn State team that, finished last season hot, and it's coming to this season just as hot. They're victorious in their last eight games. They're 4-0 to start this season, 4-0 to end last season. Penn State's on fire right now. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that team doesn't want
1: a little revenge against us. That (laughs) too. Yeah, it's, um, again, a little hard to be optimistic about the game. Um, But, I mean, the way I look at it is last year Penn State was an energizer this year like indiana really needs an energizer it seems like they've just kind of like sputtered out of the gates mm-hmm. like you know had a good win against idaho i mean it, i thought kept a uh, western kentucky a little too close and then lost to a couple ranked teams like nothing like nothing too horrible has happened this uh-huh. season but it seems like they really need something to like kick start them and i think even it, i don't even think they necessarily need a win i think they need to keep the game close uh-huh. and, uh and then
0: maybe beat michigan state yeah after your bye week
1: yeah so um yeah, yeah i think they need a little momentum going into that bye week because if they i mean if they, it's a really bad loss and then you have like you have like sitting on it for two weeks like mm-hmm. i it like it, it's hard to like imagine the spirits won't be a little low after that like going to right. three into a bye week and mm-hmm. then uh yeah because the
0: schedule is not getting any easier yeah. after penn state now look, looking at down the road you know we want to talk about this game but after that, after your buy, you get a ranked Michigan State team at home, at least ranked for now. Things can change in two weeks, especially given how crazy this season's been so far. Then you get Ohio State at home, and, well, we all know Indiana struggles with the Buckeyes. I haven't beaten them since the 80s. Uh, and then Maryland on the road, and Maryland's a pretty good team. They're still undefeated. They're getting some top 25 votes. Uh, they're getting some buzz, and they'll get the Iowa Hawkeyes this week in College Park. Uh, but Indiana here against Penn State. When I look at this Penn State team, I still think this is a solid team. Obviously, they're top five. Um, and they've definitely turned around from last year. And it's been on the back of the the defense is one of the strongest units in the country. And, and the offense, the running game has some questions. And the passing game has been solid. Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington, two of the best receivers in the Big Ten and maybe the country. But I'm still skeptical about them. Coming into the season, I wasn't as high on them as a lot of people. I had them ranked in the low teens, high 20s. But th- I think there are still some questions, you know. Wisconsin and Auburn, we can say on the surface, are good wins. And and I think Ball State's a good win, too. Ball State's got a pretty good team. Won the MAC last year, and they manhandled Ball State. That wasn't even close. Uh, Last week, they struggled a little bit with Villanova for for parts of the game. Uh, But those Wisconsin and uh, Auburn wins, they beat Wisconsin on the road. And a Wisconsin team that, week after week, looks not not very good uh, after what they did against Notre Dame, four interceptions from Graham Mertz uh just a really unimpressive effort but winning in camp randall no matter how good or bad the wisconsin team is that's an impressive win in my mind and and holding them at the five yard line and and not letting them score when wisconsin had a shot to win that game late that's impressive and an impressive defensive stand but that auburn game i'm not in on auburn i don't think they're that good of a team uh and that was a one possession game at home in the whiteout uh the officiating was not great, and I think that did cost Penn State some points and uh, made that game a lot more of a, uh, a headache for Penn State fans than it should have been, uh, but it really shouldn't have been a headache at all. And I know the name, you think, oh, Auburn, they're, they're going to hang, but Auburn, they're bringing a new head coach. They weren't very good last season. Uh, Bo Nix is still their quarterback, and he's one of the least reliable passers in FBS in my mind. I'm not impressed. It's not that I'm not impressed by this Penn State schedule because looking at the names, Wisconsin and Auburn sound like two great wins. And I think that's why the AP voters have them in the top five. But these Wisconsin and Auburn teams aren't the best representations of their program in my mind. I, I think that, you know, it, it, this this I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but if this was Indiana last year with those wins, people would discredit them and say that you know those teams are down they're not good because that's exactly what people did to indiana last year when they beat penn state they beat michigan people said oh those teams are having down years those wins don't count but when penn state gets them suddenly you know those are the greatest wins ever and they're a top four team.
1: yeah you talked about penn state's defense being strong i mean you look at this indiana offense and it's 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 still a unit that needs to sh- like uh-huh. and it needs to uh prove itself i, Definitely. I like um <laughs> really struggled out of the gate. Uh I don't I mean Pennix put up what 373 against Western Kentucky. I think that's really his first decent performance. No interceptions,
0: last, yeah. but no touchdowns either.
1: Yeah, it's it I mean uh, one thing I'll say about um that game, I I think um he I, his longest pass was like 26 yards uh, and he put up 373. So uh, that tells me that he's Starting to find a rhythm, and mm-hmm. if he can find a rhythm against this Penn State team, and they can um put on a good offensive performance, I think that'll i think that'll do a lot for their momentum going forward um i i It remains to be seen um with Sheridan what he can do with this offense mm-hmm. uh I mean that they have been stalled entirely too many times this season. Uh, it just sometimes it just looks like they don't have a plan out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, like w- watching, I just I like. Obviously, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I like. Right. I, I'm not an expert by any means, but um. <laughs> we all we all
0: like to be armchair experts. Yeah, so that's, exactly. That's but yeah.
1: At the same time, like it, it it just seems like they're just going out there running plays, and it like th- there's been some drives that just doesn't look like they have a. a, a of attack that like can target the parts of the defense they want to target um so if they if they can get that going during penn state i think it'll do Uh a lot for them moving forward they can take that into the bye week and kind of uh see what works see what didn't um and i think penn state's strong defense really offers them an opportunity to print themselves
0: right you talk about that short passing game rhythm for panics and and what he really did establish against western kentucky i think that's a really good sign for indiana uh, if they can continue that here against penn state i think that's the way they win this game it's death by a thousand cuts it's not beating them on the bombs not trying to beat them in a boat race i don't think they're going to score 36 points you know this week like they did last season against penn state um it's not going to be a high scoring win if indiana wins it's got to be low scoring it's got to be like 17 to 14 Got to get the short passes going and just bleed out the clock. Because if you're telling Michael Penix to start making plays down the field, I don't know if you can trust him because, well, he just hasn't been able to do that this season and I don't see him figuring it out against a defense that's strong. If he's going to figure it out at all, it'll probably be against a worse defense. But if you want to beat this team, in my mind, hold onto the ball, long drives, and and just complete the short passes and, and don't make mistakes, don't make turnovers. They didn't turn the ball over uh, against Western Kentucky, I don't believe. Certainly Pennington throw an interception, which first time all season. But definitely if they want to win this game, in my mind, keep it low scoring. And the defense, I trust the defense more than the offense, certainly. Uh, the defense has to be lights out.
1: Yeah, and you talked about uh, death
0: by a 1,000 cuts on
1: offense. It's uh, really good for IU's offense that Stephen Carr is an absolute yeah. dog. And when you talk oh about cuts, God.
0: that might even be a cutback from him. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, Stephen Carr has been really impressive this yeah. season uh,
0: with minimal passing game to kind uh, of get the eyes offensive off offensive line support yeah. as well, yeah. I would say. But, Definitely the run game has been an improvement over last season with Stevie Scott, who is a good running back, but I think the offensive line was just too much of a letdown to really get the running game going a lot last season.
1: Yeah, and um, I I I was a little surprised in the bowl game last year they didn't run more. Uh, I think everybody was. <laughs> yeah, and it, again that seems like it goes back to like the, the 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 plan of attack. Like you you make a quarterback with a separated shoulder throw forty five times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you have Stevie Scott in the backfield and you're not given you're not handing him the ball, I, it it just seems like sometimes there's just not a plan out there like and, like, the ability to change that plan as the game moves forward, you know. Uh, I don't, I mean, even if the plan was to let Jack Tuttle throw 45 times, that doesn't mean you should make him do it. Yeah. um, You gotta be flexible. Yeah. Definitely gotta be flexible. Um, Yeah, and I think that that's really something they needed against Penn State, too, you know. I, I, obviously, with a team like that, you wouldn't have a game plan going in, but the ability to, to, I guess, just, see what they're doing and then adapt to that. Like, IU needs to prove it can do that. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't think they needed anything especially complicated to take down Western Kentucky and Idaho, but um, Penn State's a team that you're going to need to do that with. So. Yeah, you
0: got to – this is a Big Ten team. This is their first divisional game first. I mean, Indiana's 2-2 two and two right now, but they're 0-0 in the Big Ten East. So, yeah. theoretically, they're still in the race to, to win that elusive conference championship they've, they've talked about theoretically i'm not saying in practice uh this is a big game i mean you talk about divisional implications every divisional game matters and the big 10 east There, there isn't an easy game this season every single team in the division is good every single team i think has at some point this season received votes in the poll that is insane um <laughs> i i mean i don't think there's a division in the country except the sec west where you can say that but i don't even know if you can say that about the sec west this season i don't know if mississippi states received votes but It's insane. The the Big Ten East is a gauntlet that's not a surprise to any Indiana fan. This game really does matter, though. If you want a shot to to get to a good bowl game or even go bowling at all, I think you have to establish momentum this week. And you said it earlier, it doesn't have to be a win, but just look good. Look good, look competitive. They did look competitive for three and a half quarters with Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. They looked competitive for zero seconds with Iowa. you got to do more than that this week. I think you got to keep it close. you got to have a shot to win it late. If you want to establish momentum going into the bye week and then maybe pull off the upset against Michigan State at home, because, uh, well, coming into the season, I didn't think that would be an upset. Now it, it kind of looks like it would be.
1: Yeah, I, I could deal with a loss against Penn State, but mm-hmm. I couldn't deal with a loss that uh, is caused by them shooting themselves in the foot like uh-huh. they did against Cincinnati. I mean, you had all the momentum in that game and it just, just sputtered down sputtered down the wire that I mean that can't happen against Penn State if you want to if you want to build that momentum going into that bye week like it, it it's got to be four full quarters of effort um and uh, can't have the same mistakes against that you did against
0: yeah Cincinnati. you do have to yeah and you talk about establishing that momentum this week going into your bye looking at the rest of the season again I know I talked about this earlier but Michigan State they're probably going to be an underdog um Ohio State they're certainly going to be an underdog Maryland on the road probably an underdog Michigan at home the week or Michigan on the road the week after that, probably an underdog. Um, that's well, your next one, two, three, four, five games. You're probably going to be an underdog in your next six games entirely, including the Rutgers game at home. Uh, they're all divisional games. These games matter a lot. And, and if you lose this game or you lose it embarrassingly, and it, it looks like things are out of control blink once and a month later, you could be out of bowl contention.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and, like, um, I think one thing to keep in mind, like, even, even though um, Indiana did really well last season, it's still a team that's building. Yeah, this is and, not the final product. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, if if this was the final product, I'd be a little more disappointed uh-huh. with the performance at Cincinnati. And uh, Yeah, Tom yeah. Allen's
0: best recruiting class is 2022. Yeah, so... Yeah, um, those kids are in high school.
1: I... I I don't want to get too harped on the win loss record this year. Like it, obviously, I want to see them win games, but I it's I, I I'm more I'm more uh, focused on like can they build momentum towards the end of the season? At least look good against t- some top teams in the Big Ten mm-hmm. and um, keep it moving forward. I don't I, like even if, like they're not going six and two. I, like. Ha- um, Last season, yeah, 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 it's not, it's not going to be the same season as last year. Eight and I don't four think...
0: could even be a stretch, like in twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah. yeah, so it, it, it's, it's, um, I don't like, I don't think people should get their hopes up, but like about the finish of the season. But I think the best, best thing this team could do is build momentum for the
0: future. Absolutely, and you can do that even in a season where you only win six or seven games. One big win can make all the difference in the world. That can be the game that shows one recruit how much the school can can do and what they can accomplish it can be you know the game that makes one of your players shine on the national spotlight and unlocks something in them and and turns them into uh, their fullest potential one game can be all the difference it could even be the game that turns around your season for all we know this this game if indiana wins this game they're going to be ranked in the top 25 probably i mean this is a top four win and obviously you know three and two isn't a great record but I mean, this is an all-important game. If Indiana wants to get the season back, I think it starts this week. Um, but will they is the question. And Tristan, last thing here, what is your score prediction before we go? Oh, geez. Um, okay, I'll give it, I say 35-21 Penn State. You think it's close for most of the game and Penn State pulls away late? Or do you yeah. think it's uh, pretty much out of hand?
1: Yeah, I, I I, don't think it'll be too out of hand. Uh-huh. I think, I think – Towards the end of the fourth, I well maybe middle of the fourth quarter, we've got a good idea of who's going to win, and, uh-huh, and then maybe one yeah.
0: interception, and then it's like, all right, good yeah, night, turn yeah. out the lights. I, I
1: yeah, I, I can't say I can't I can't give Indiana's offense more than three touchdowns at this point. Yeah, of, <laughs> a team like Penn State, but uh, especially I, in their house. Yeah, I don't want to be too negative, but yeah, it's it I I I I, I don't want to be falsely optimistic either so yeah no i get it yeah. I'm,
0: I'm with you there all right tristan thank you so much for joining us here on the first part of the podcast tristan where can the people find you Do what? where can the people find you tristan oh
1: um on twitter at trist t-r-i-s-t underscore jackson
0: um and on idsnews.com idsnews.com folks coming up second half of the program we're going to be joined by seth engel from the daily Collegian, and we will see you on the second half thanks again tristan yep thanks now, for having me of course now for part two now for part two of the podcast with Seth Engel from the Daily Collegian. Back here for part two on the show today, uh, previewing Indiana and Penn State, obviously a big rematch after last season. Uh, and here to talk about it with me, he's covering Penn State at the Daily Collegian. Friend of mine, I've known him for about two years, IU folks, IDS folks. I'm sure you're familiar with HSJI here at Indiana University. That's where I met him. His name is Seth Engel and he covers Penn State at the Daily Collegian. Seth, how are you doing today?
2: Doing well. Thanks for having me, Pat.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, we talked about this in our in the first part of the show today when I talked with our, our sports editor, Tristan Jackson. Uh, obviously, a season ago, a big upset here in Bloomington, Indiana pulls off a stunner in, in overtime. The, the seasons for both those teams go in opposite directions. Indiana finishes six and one in the regular season. Penn State starts zero and five, finishes four and five. Obviously, winning their last four to start this season, though. Teams have moved in ap- absolute opposite directions again, but this time in reverse Penn state undefeated in the top five, Indiana's two and two with two losses to the top 10 teams, but two losses and two disappointing losses. So these two teams once again, switching positions, but at uh, this time Penn state's looking up, but set looking at this Penn state team, obviously two impressive wins, you know, Auburn and Wisconsin two of the biggest names in the sport. What's been the difference for this year's team that that's really set them apart from last year, obviously last year. So disappointing. What's changed.
2: I mean, when it comes down to what I really think the culture has just been defined this year, I think mm-hmm. James Franklin, you know, throughout his tenure at Penn state has really tried to define a culture and define this standard in practice, which is, you know, we're going to work hard every single day. You know, we're going to do everything we have to do so that, we don't have a season like last year was, Mm -hmm. you know, so that there isn't a season where you lose the first five games of the season. Um, And I think that, you know, you know, there's a silver lining to going 0-5, I think. And I think that this year, you know, the country has really kind of seen, you know, what it's like to go through true adversity and then regroup after a season like that, come back together and be like, okay, what are we going to do to fix this? And I think, Penn State's four and five, I mean, four and zero oh season right now is completely, you know, followed off of, uh, you know, their disappointing season in 2020.
0: Yeah. Eight consecutive wins for this team dating back to last season and certainly a start. I, I think a lot of people were, were expecting Penn State to bounce back because that's the standard for this program. One of the best in the whole sport, one of the best in the big 10, certainly, um, but I don't know if people expected them to bounce back this big this soon. Top five team in the nation, I think that's at least partly a result of the chaos we've seen across the sport. They're the highest ranked team of the Big Ten now. They're 4-0 uh, with two, again, big wins against you know two big names. I think things really seem like they have turned around. I don't think we're going to see a season like we saw last year anytime soon.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with that. Um, I like a lot of people across the country prior to the season was I was fairly uncertain on how uh, Penn state would play this year.
0: Yeah, no, definitely.
2: I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard to see a four and five team, even this, despite the fact they won uh, their last four games, they still went four and five last year and lost five games in a row to start the season. Mm-hmm. When you see that opening a season, it's really hard to judge, um, you know, just how good or just how bad that team could potentially be. Um, I just think as the season has moved along, I've been really impressed by, uh, you know, the leadership of some of these guys who have been through, you know, that disappointing season last year to kind of, you know, what I said before, you know, what what are we going to do differently? How are we going to change things? How are practices going to become more meaningful? That kind of stuff. And that's the things that you're hearing in press conferences every single day. You know, these guys are, they're trying to set a standard and they're doing this for themselves. I think one thing that Sean Clifford talked about yesterday, Jesse Lucetta also mentioned this yesterday, um, about the differences between this year and last year, was the fact that following last season, it wasn't James Franklin who came to the team and said, okay, let's make practices a lot harder. Let's do things differently. It was all in the leadership council. It was Sean Clifford, Jesse Lucetta, and the other veterans on the team who came to Franklin and the coaching staff and said, okay, we're going to turn this up a notch. And we're not going to be lazy and things are going to be different. And I think they're just, you know, they're seeing that pay off every single week at this point.
0: Yeah. And it, it has, it's, it definitely has. And it feels like it's a return to form for Penn state, but even maybe more than that, because, you know, usually this is a team that we see somewhere in the lower half of the top 10, maybe the upper part of the teens in the rankings, this is a top five team right now. And they're only giving up 15 points a game the, the defense I think the defense is what's carrying this team, but it's not like the offense has lagged too far behind. I think there's some to be desired in the run game, uh, but Sean Clifford, for the most part this season, particularly compared to last year when he was benched for Will Levis, he's been excellent. Hundred um, percent.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I, I mean, this Penn State defense. I've been I've been following Penn State for a while. I'm obviously a lot closer to the team this year than I've ever than I ever had before. Yeah. My first year on the beat, but. I've never seen a Penn State defense this dominant um, and I've never seen a Penn State defense or a positional group for any matter this locked in every single week. I mean, it's it's actually, you know, it, it's just phenomenal. And I think one of the things that come with uh, that makes Indiana such a, I don't know, a weird threat where, you know, they're two and two right now, but, you know, they're they're still a stacked team. And I, I really like their secondary. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's one of the things that I think really stands out, but on Penn state's side of the ball, this is maybe the best Penn state secondary I've seen in my lifetime. Mm. So, I, I mean, I think this game is going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be weird. I, I think it, you know, it really could go either way. Um, I think it really comes down to to Pennix and Indiana's offense, finding a groove, which they've struggled with. Um, I mean, it's just hard to find a hole in Penn State's defense. It is
0: absolutely hard to find a hole in that defense, particularly the defensive line where uh, it's strong every year. But this year, I think it's particularly strong. There's some, some fresh faces making an impact there. And Indiana's offensive line has been suspect, to say the least, all season long. You know, Michael Penix hasn't been great in a lot of games, but half the time it's not his fault because he doesn't have anywhere to throw the ball. He doesn't have time. I, I think the two best matchups this week, I think there's a, a great matchup and then there's a great mismatch in and, and the first one, the Indiana secondary against the Penn state receivers, Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson are two of the best receivers in the conference. Uh, but this Indiana secondary, Devon Matthews is back, Taiwan Mullen uh, and Marcelino ball. Those guys can hang with about anybody in the country. And, and they certainly rattled Desmond Ritter for, you know, three and a half quarters against Cincinnati. But but on the other side of the ball, I I think the Indiana the Indiana passing attack against the Penn State secondary is a pretty big mismatch. Uh, Indiana has not struggled or has not been successful rather passing the ball. They've definitely struggled for about three games. They struggled against Idaho, even they struggled obviously against uh, Cincinnati. uh, You know, an excellent secondary for for them and and Iowa too. Uh, And this is the third really good secondary, three of maybe the three best secondaries in the entire nation uh, Indiana will have faced so far this season, Cincinnati, Iowa, and Penn state. But I think if you're Indiana and if you're Michael Penix, you do need, you need to kind of follow the blueprint they had last week against Western Kentucky. I talked about this earlier, but short passes, that was how Michael Penix got in a rhythm. He didn't complete a pass further than 26 yards, but he still finished with 373 yards passing last week. It's death by a thousand cuts is how Indiana is going to win this game. They have to, complete the short passes, be careful with the ball, don't turn it over, hold onto the ball for a long time, long drives, and if it can make it a 17 to 14, 17 to 10 game, I think that's the only way they win it. If they're forced to score more than 30 points, I don't trust Indiana to do that because we've seen Michael Panix get careless with, with the ball when he has to throw deep or he has to you know improvise, which is something we haven't been used to from, from the first two seasons of him as a starting quarterback for this team. But this year that's been the case and you, you can't trust him in a situation like that. And and there's no reason to believe that this week would be any different going up against what is probably the best defense we'll see all year.
2: Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you Um, going short. You know, you, you mentioned how Indiana will kind of have to go piece by piece offensively if they want to stick around in this game. Um, And I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Penn state's secondary is too good to rely on the deep ball. Um, And I think their D line is too good to, to go on the run, you know, (laughs) where, where does that leave you? Obviously you kind of have to go piece by piece Um, on the short game. I think, I mean, Penn state's linebackers have, they've been, they've been pretty good this year. They've improved um, over the course of the season. I think Ellis Brooks um, has done a lot better than anyone expected him to be. Brandon Smith seems to be getting better every single day. I still just think there are some problems um, in terms of, coming out of the block slowly and that's something and that's something i see on on short games that's something we saw against ball state right that's something we saw uh last week as well um penn state has to close those gaps you know they they've done really well at you know there there aren't going to be many big plays against penn state
0: you know and indiana Indiana doesn't generate big big plays (laughs) right
2: Um, and the run game is something like if you're able to stop that, that really closes a lot of options. So I'm, a, I'm fairly certain that in practice this week, Penn State has kind of regrouped. Brent as as really focused on um, just those short, fundamental defensive plays. You know, how are we not going to allow six-yard pass plays? How, how are we going to stop that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing that that's really going to define, you know, how this game turns out is how Penn State's able to answer because um, it's, you can have a game plan for that, but it's not too difficult to uh, to ship the ball five yards and no. keep doing it every single play. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. And, and one thing for Indiana, though, in the short passing game, as I talk about this again, uh, they're not going to have, I think, Michael Pennix's safety valve this season. And that's DJ Matthews, a receiver, transfer from Florida State, towards ACL uh, last week against Western Kentucky on a punt return. That's a big loss for them. They really like setting him up in those screen passes and, and getting him uh, a little bit of space and, and making some magic happen. And he's good in the deep game too. That, that's a huge loss uh, for the Hoosiers. I, th- I think they'll really feel that this week. Although the receiver, the receiver room is still strong. Ty Vogel had his first good game of the season last week. A lot remains to be seen though. Some young receivers who I think have to prove themselves. And this is a hard week to do it against an experienced and tough secondary. But you know, on the other side of the football for, for Penn State, I don't know how well they're going to be able to throw deep and I think they have excellent receivers and Sean Clifford has shown to be a reliable quarterback this, this season. Throwing deep is a question though, for me, because of those Indiana safeties guys like Marcelino ball, Raheem lane, uh, and and Devon Matthews, who's healthy again. I think that's a question, but, but if you're Penn state, Indiana also has a great rushing defense. I think it's a little bit of the same. I think you, you want to get those, those short passes going and maybe you open up the deep ball later, I don't know how much I trust the Penn state run game this season. I, I think there are some, some real questions there, but the protection is going to be there. Uh, the offensive line is solid. And and they're, I think they're better than Indiana's defensive line. They're going to have time to work. So you get a guy open in the flat and suddenly you just dink and dunk and you're down the field and you're scoring.
2: I mean, yeah, I, I'd agree with that, with all of that. Um, one of the things that stood out to me as you talked about was the lack of the run game against a team like Villanova.
0: Uh huh. That um, was that was an issue, and that's Indiana. Similarly, couldn't yeah. throw the ball to save their lives against Idaho.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just like Indiana secondary is not going to allow Sean Clifford to go to Jahan Dotson for a fifty-six yard touchdown on the first play of the game. That's just mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that happened against Villanova because they were able to dismantle. Bill Nova secondary it's FCS and, team. I mean, you have Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson both with over a hundred yards rushing. I mean, receiving, um, that's just, that's just probably not going to happen this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah Kane took one snap last week. Um, Franklin said he got banged up in practice the week prior. Also probably wanted to give him a little rest, give, uh, some guys like John Lovett, um, some time to shine before, you know, the season really unfolds. Um, that run game needs to play better. Um, if yeah. Penn State wants to win this game and win this game comfortably, you know, that that run game just has to be there. And I agree with you on, on going short, and I think they're able to do that. I think Parker Washington's, I think Jahan Dotson really opens up the field for Penn State as a deep threat. So then you have Parker Washington, who's able to kind of come down short and give Sean Clifford that other option. Um, I think you'll also see uh, the reemergence of Penn State's tight end room this week, after they were pretty non-existent last week against Villanova, um, they've been doing this thing. Mike Yurcich has been doing this thing where they'll switch off positional groups who are going to carry the load, and they'll do this against against different uh, defensive schemes. Um, it, they don't they don't want to spoil too much by showing something the week prior. I think Villanova was you know a good time to not show really what they're capable of and just give it to the top two receivers. You know what I mean? Um, I think against, against a team like Indiana, that's where you have to get a bunch of people involved. And I think that's, that's what's going to happen. They've, they've kind of, they've talked a little bit about that and they've talked a little bit about, you know, as the season unfolds, getting more people involved, but we haven't seen it quite yet. I think this is the week where that happens because I think this is the week that it needs to happen.
0: Definitely. This is the week it has to happen. Just looking at this team and and what's up next for them next up, they play Iowa, another top five team in the Big Ten, and a team Indiana struggled with greatly, to to put it lightly. But uh, I I think another interesting angle with this game, and we talked about it earlier in the show, uh, is, well, what happened last year. Obviously, Indiana pulls off the upset in overtime, uh, 36-35 final story ran today in the daily Collegian. today. We're recording this on Thursday. Go check it out. Max Ralph with a good story and an interview quote from our editor, Evan Gerke, uh, about that game and, and what that meant for number one, the Indiana program as the defining win of Tom Allen's tenure and for Penn state as a game that really made the season spiral from there before they picked it up and won four in a row. But, you know, with one year's perspective on that game, Seth, uh, what do you think that game means a year later? And, and with revenge on their mind, uh, is Penn state looking to capitalize? Is there a vibe around campus? Are people, are people pissed still about that game?
2: I mean, just talking to the players and coaches, I mean, obviously that was a, a topic, which was uh, right. It's hard not not to be yeah press conferences. Um, But I think at this point, I think the whole Penn state program has pretty much moved past that loss. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, they're they're riding pretty high right now. Um, I think they're they're really focused on this new chemistry, this new culture they've kind of built with 2021. Um, and yes, you're right. Like last year's 0-5 start did start to spiral down after the Indiana loss,
0: mm-hmm. um, and it was doubled by the Ohio State in the next week. Right, right.
2: And and of course, uh, you know, Penn State's players recognize that, mm-hmm. and they know this team, and they know what they can be capable of. Uh, but I think at this point, they are pretty locked in. Um, I will say around campus, um, there hasn't been too much yet. I'm sure we'll start to see some banners and some, uh, you know, I'm some sure. stuff
0: like that. We'll see some creative posts on uh, Penn State Barstool. Of course. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but, you know, I, that, I, that's, that's the only place where I think uh, people are going to be rowdy towards Indiana, because I think there is still some some heartbreak just the way it ended controversial ending uh um, say the
0: least yeah
2: i'm almost certain michael Penix is going to get some booze <laughs>
1: um,
2: but i think i think on the field there, there's really you know there's there, there's nothing really lost there sean clifford <laughs> worked out with michael Penix that's awesome
0: yeah that they they did and i know uh that video, I think, I think went a little viral after they, they worked out. He was like, Sean Clifford said, like, you were short. You know you were short. And Penix was like, I don't know. They said I was in. <laughs> that was that was among the funnier things I saw this offseason. Uh, I think that was an interaction many fans of these two teams uh, probably had because at the end of the day, it was a little too close to tell. I like call on the field to call on the field. And I talked to the Big Ten director of officiating uh, about this, and, and he said, the same thing. The call in the field, is the call in the field, and and that had to stand. But uh, definitely, that's going to be in the back of people's minds. I know around here, it certainly is in the back of people's minds. I can't tell you how many times I've already seen that picture. We all know the one uh, on Twitter this week. Uh, the answer is a lot. Uh, but it's funny how quickly a memory can fade when there's a new game. I, I think that game is is probably going to live in the memory of Indiana fans for a while but it only counts for one year. And this year, a completely new story is about to be written. Right.
2: I completely agree.
0: Yeah, but looking at this game entirely, we, we've, we've talked about it, talked the ins and outs of it. Seth, what do you think is going to happen this Saturday night? ABC, Saturday Night Football, Indiana's first ever Saturday Night Football appearance. I'll have something in the IDS about that later this week. Uh, stay tuned. But Seth, big night game, stripe out, happy Valley. What's your take?
2: I've, I'm, I, I have to go Penn State here. Yeah. I mean, from what we talked about, I think how you mentioned there's a great matchup with receivers and in Indiana secondary. Um I think I think that's great, but I think the mismatch that you also mentioned, which was Indiana's receivers against Penn State secondary, that's right. Really
0: what's gonna, Particularly without DJ Matthews.
2: Right. That's that's really what's going to call this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe Penn State's run game will be more defined with Noah Kane back uh taking you know, much of the workload. I think that was also something that they capitalized on this week in practice. Um, I, I have Penn State, you know, potentially reaching the 30-point threshold. Um, I have Indiana keeping it under two touchdowns. I'm going to go 30-17 Penn State.
0: Yeah, 27-17 was my pick um, for, for Penn State. Yeah, I, I think Penix probably throws an interception or two. He didn't throw one last week for the first time all season. Um, I think he probably throws at least one. This this week, I don't remember if he threw one against Idaho, actually, but uh, he led the FBS in interceptions uh, going into last week. Uh, that that's not a good stat, and going up against the defense this strong, I, I kind of have to expect him to throw one, especially without you know his his main guy at receiver and DJ Matthews being available this week. It's hard to trust that kind of offense, and while I think Stephen Carr is a great running back, it's hard to trust this Indiana offensive line being able to create a hole for him to run into against the Penn state defensive line, this stout. So yeah, Penn state, 27, 17 is my pick. I think the Indiana defense holds them a little bit, but I think Penn state gets some short fields to work with uh, because of interceptions and turnovers. Uh, 27, 17 is my pick. Seth, thank you for joining us today on this podcast and that'll do it for our show. Seth, where can the people find you? Uh, big Sang tweets on Twitter Big Sang and- tweets. And Collegian uh, PSU Foot Blog also on Twitter, the Foot Blog and the Daily Collegian. Check them out. Uh, certainly going to have some good content about this weekend's game on Saturday. That'll do it for our show. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you all after the Saturday's game. Until next time, bye.